0: Hi, my name is Melissa K. Jones, leadership and operations coach for service-based small businesses. Lead with Excellence podcast features conversations with leaders in small business and short coaching segments. I'll discuss how to lead yourself, your clients, and your team. My goal is to empower and encourage you in your leadership journey. Let's get started. Today's episode is about personality hires. But before I start that conversation, I want to preface it with this. The workplace is changing. And for a long time, there's been an overzealous, greedy, unethical, move fast, break things, win at any cost, sleep when I die culture. And the cost of this, unfortunately, has been relationships and the well being of many for the profit of a few. We're now seeing social corrections due to this poor leadership. My concern is the overcorrection prompted by those with bad intentions. There's a difference between correction and then overcorrection. So those who seek to profit off the demoralization and the demise of the American work ethic and the individuals who out of ignorance and envy will go along and self-sabotage versus restoring integrity and respect by building healthy cultures. So I acknowledge that there's problems in the workforce, in leadership. And I want to help with course correction there. I am also cognizant that overcorrecting will create new problems of their own. And so my hope is with having these conversations with you that together we can find a healthy path to create great relationships with our team members, with our peers in the industry, and with our clients, and be an example to them. Again, lead with excellence. So this frames a lot of the conversations that I will have with you, is acknowledging the problems that we have, and then what can we do to move forward in a healthy direction. So moving forward, recently there was a Forbes article on personality hires. And that social discussion started on TikTok and then expanded to Instagram and LinkedIn. I shared it recently on my Instagram. The discussion seems to be a false argument because great teams aren't built on skill or personality alone. I've never been an advocate for keeping a high performer with toxic behavior, and I will not be an advocate for a poor performer with a great personality. They both take away from a thriving culture. So this is my response then to excerpts from the Forbes article on personality hires. The first excerpt. A personality's hire, excuse me, a personality hires function in a corporate setting is to provide all the jokes, banter and playfulness needed to set the vibes, which sometimes compensates for their perceived lack of skills or lackadaisical approach toward office attendance or punctuality. My response to that is having a personality hire set the vibes for the team is absolving leadership of their responsibility in cultivating the culture. And why do people need to be entertained at work? We're adults, not children. You can have fun at work. You don't have to be serious, but it doesn't require us to be entertained, especially with jokes and banter and playfulness. Like having someone hired specifically for that role, almost as a disservice to the purpose of work, which is to be of service to others, to build things and to create things that will last past our time. And I think we've lost, like part of that is we lack purpose and vision and then we've lost the personal satisfaction that comes with doing a job well. So I wanna reemphasize, like I believe in having fun at work. Like it just makes work so much easier when you're having fun and you love what you do and you love the people that you work with. However, you don't have to hire someone to make sure that works fun. Like if you're hiring someone to make sure that works fun, what's that say about the existing culture? What's that say about your role in the culture and what you've done at this point to cultivate it? Like if your culture is so unhealthy that you have to hire somebody to set the vibes, that puts undue pressure and stress on that individual to now carry the weight of being the emotional support for the entire team. And that's not fair to them, nor is it healthy for them long term, it just creates an unbalanced dynamic. My other concern with that is what impact does it have on team members who excel at their work, who show up and are on time? Does it show a lack of respect for their efforts and demoralize them? And then do they have to pick up extra work to compensate for the personality hire? The thing is when you're in a leadership position, you have to take all of these things into consideration. You're not making decisions based off of an individual, you're making decisions based off of the interests of the business and the team and the whole. And those aren't necessarily easy situations, but that's the responsibility that comes with leadership is making decisions that are in the best interest of the entire business and team. Then the other thing is it's not up to one person to set the vibes or define the culture. It's a collaborative, evolving effort. And leadership defines and cultivates the values. These are then exemplified, lived, practiced, and then reinforced by everyone, yourself included, and the team. Again, it's a collaborative, evolving effort. Part of leadership defining and cultivating the values is leading by example, encouraging people to practice those values. How you decide to incentivize people on your team reinforces those values. There's so many different things that you can do to cultivate those values, but it also requires then removing people that don't exemplify the values of the business. And the values are, I explained this before, are pillars that support the vision and mission of the business. And they work also as filters for decisions that you make when hiring, firing, creating goals for the business, taking on new projects. It just creates alignment The next excerpt is skills can be taught, but likability and personality fit may be more challenging to instill later. My response to that is when likability becomes the focus, then people will struggle with personal boundaries and being truthful. It creates codependency and resentment. We already see this in the workplace and its toxic effect on culture. The thing is people can tell when they're being lied to and their respect for the individual diminishes. And then the long-term, then that behavior has a negative impact on the individual, the team, and the business because it just has a ripple effect. And when peers, vendors, partners, or clients can't trust the team or individuals within the business, that has a then a monetary impact and then worst case scenario can have legal impact if there's lies that create larger issues and a lot of times people lie because they're afraid of disappointing somebody because they're afraid of getting trouble because they're afraid of perception so you want to build a culture where truth is valued where people can be candid and tactful because they care about each other and are concerned about their long-term growth. When there's an overemphasis on likability, that's when gossip occurs because then people become passive-aggressive. They're having sidebar conversations. They are talking behind each other's backs. It just doesn't have a good long-term impact on the culture and which then, if you have a negative culture that impacts morale and performance. So again, likability, while it's important, if it is overemphasized, it can be detrimental. And then hiring is more than skills. It's also assessing for culture fit, work ethic, and values. You can do this with multiple interview conversations, including different team members in the interview process, and then asking situational questions versus arbitrary questions, such as what's your favorite fill in the blank, which have no correlation to their success. I'm a big believer that it's hard to fake what someone doesn't practice and believe. So being intentional in the interview process and in the preparation by creating situational questions to understand how an individual would respond in a situation, what actions they would take, what their communication would be in those situations. There's a lot of little different things that you can pay attention to in that conversation with somebody to have a better idea of who they are as an individual. You won't get it right a majority of the time because people are flawed but it is a better way to assess someone when going through the interview process. The other thing to keep in mind is that as the workplace culture changes, as hiring talent evolves and it's not localized and you're hiring people from across the country or sometimes even international, that size of the talent pool increases, which then creates more applicants and makes it harder to narrow it down. So a lot of people will be utilizing AI. I predict that will start off more in the corporate sector just because of cost. And then as the cost comes down, then smaller businesses may be able to utilize it or if it's implemented within software that they can purchase through subscription, then that's a possibility. My questions for you are, how will AI assess personality? Will it use sentiment similar to how brands are assessed? And will this encourage people then to be caricatures of themselves, especially if we're focusing on personality? We already see in social media how personalities can just be really big because they're doing it to drive attention and engagement. And it's created this hesitancy in some areas for engagement because they don't know, like, people don't know if they're being played, or it can create combativeness, all depending on the personality of that individual. And so if there's a heavy emphasis on personality will it also increase the cognitive dissonance between how an individual is in their day-to-day life and then how they portray themselves online or through the screening process in order to keep up with this role and that's really hard for someone to keep up that facade eventually they'll break or there'll be a disconnect somewhere and so keep that in mind through the conversation the next excerpt is unique personalities that click with staff and reflect corporate branding have a substantial business impact especially when competent the thing that sticks out to me in that excerpt is what does reflect corporate branding mean is that acknowledgement of hiring someone for their appearance or is it suggesting someone who would be ideal as a brand ambassador because they reflect corporate branding. I mean, we already see on social media, how people cater and, as curate's probably a better word, how they curate their personal wardrobe and even their home decor to match their personal brand. And so, are these companies that are buying into the idea of personality hire and looking for an individual that reflects corporate branding. What does that mean? And in the viral TikTok video, it shows the personality hire as a young woman. And I to understand that there's a bit of comedy involved. Um, But if Forbes is writing about it, there's a fair amount of people that are taking it seriously. I find it interesting that women have worked so hard for decades for a place in the workforce and to now subject themselves to being a personality hire, it seems like a big leap backwards and then while everyone, it, well, a good amount of people are advocating for equal pay, what does compensation look like for a personality hire? How is that measured? And then are all personalities equal? I'm being slightly facetious with my questions, but the whole idea of a personality hire opens up a lot of questions in the way that it has been presented. Mm-hmm. And then in general everyone has different personalities and that's what adds to the richness of the team culture excluding someone because they don't fit a personality profile in the hiring process is short-sighted because you discover someone's personality through time and shared experiences i mean think about any relationships whether it's with a friend whether it's with a coworker, whether it's been like an intimate relationship like you have an idea of who someone is at the beginning because we all present our best selves at the beginning but it's only through time through stress through struggle like that we really get to see like a person for who they are and so you won't have an accurate assessment of that up front but having different personalities and enjoying the idiosyncrasies or the quirks of different people it makes life fun like there are people that have there's a media personality that laugh does not match how they present themselves but their laugh is so contagious that it makes me laugh and like you wouldn't necessarily know that until they're like in a genuine environment where they're really laughing and i think that's the same for anybody that once they become more comfortable you get to see more of who they really are and you can also appreciate them and that's the beauty of life is getting to meet people getting to understand like their background their experiences because every person that you encounter also has an impact on you and the things that you learn about yourself and learn about the world and to only hire people with certain personalities can really take away from the richness of life. And then the next excerpt, there's an interest in a person who can easily make small talk schmooze with people and possess a sense of humor. If the employers involved in the hiring process can't connect with the interviewee on a personal level, they may hold off on extending an offer. So in response to that, I can agree that people who easily make small talk, schmooze, and have a sense of humor are great assets. And those skills are especially helpful in client-facing roles, whether you're in sales or with service, because they can help diffuse situations, they can help people open up. Like, they're great skills to develop. However, if you're hiring based on personality, then you can get impersonators. I think we've all, or most of us, have met someone who's very charismatic and charming and then found out later that their actions don't match their words. The same thing can happen in their interview process. And so my question then for... Hiring someone is, and before I go into the questions, I want to go back to the part where it says, if the employers involved in the hiring process can't connect with the interviewee on a personal level. I want to go back to that because in my own experience in hiring individuals, I, in my past career life, <laughs> did a lot of class-based hiring, meaning that I am hiring 20 to 25 people at a time so that they can all start a training class at the same time together so when you're hiring that many people at a time and not everyone is going to be qualified to get a position that means that you're doing a lot of interviews i over 100 interviews just and that's on the small side you're not going to connect with everybody i didn't connect fully with every single person on my team we have different personalities there are people that don't like me there's people that you know show up that we just don't have a lot in common and that's completely fine because i am hiring somebody to do a job And to do the job well, whether they like me or not, doesn't matter. I need someone that can do the job. Now, if they like me, then great. Like, that helps. But it's not the sole emphasis. And so that's why I really want to, like, push back on this. Because you don't have to have a personal connection with somebody to hire them and for them to be the best qualified person for the job. Like, Your responsibility as a leader and a hiring manager is not to hire friends. Your responsibility is to hire people that are going to move the business forward and to continue and add to the culture of the team. And so I really want to emphasize that it's egotistical and narcissistic to hire people, only hire people that you like or connect with. Yes, it's helpful, but if those are your deciding factors, you're really going to sell yourself and the team short. Okay, going back to my questions, um, why isn't there an emphasis on more candidates developing the soft skills necessary for interviews and, most importantly, relationships? There seems to be more social practices that encourage and reinforce isolation because of our attachment to slash addiction to screens, and that's not healthy. And so we really need to be doing more. And I think the beautiful thing about being in a leadership role is you have that ability to influence others to develop those soft skills so that they can have better relationships and they can connect better with people. And this all rolls into strong and healthy relationships play a central role in the success of people and teams. So how can you make strong relationships a priority for you and your team? How can you create opportunities where people can sit and listen to each other they can connect they can understand like each other's experiences or their background or what they're bringing to the table some of my best relationships have come and come from early in my career whether i was a bridesmaid whether i was a wedding attendee whether it was a boss that opened a door to another opportunity. Like, There's so much that can happen through relationships that isolating the skills that are necessary for developing strong relationships to a personality hire instead of encouraging and building those with all team members is a detriment to... Their long term success. And one of the things that I take seriously and practice, it's part of my leadership philosophy when working with teams, or in the past when I have my own team, is people are not going to be with you forever. That's a guarantee. So, what can I do to set them up for success in the long term? How can I help them prepare for the next chapter? And It doesn't need to be at a detriment to the existing relationship or business, because if you're doing it right, you're helping them excel in their current position. And when they excel in their current position, then you're setting them up for success in their next position. So again, strong and healthy relationships. How can you make that a priority for you and your team? And real quick, I'll tell you one way how to do that. And it's something that I emphasize with clients is having regular one-on-one meetings with your team at a minimum once a month, because if you go longer than 30 days without having designated individual time with a team member, it's easy for things to get swept under the rug for issues to snowball. Etc. and they need that touch point with you. The next excerpt is personality hires are strong communicators essential to collaboration, planning and executing innovative projects and conveying messages to clients or stakeholders. This, my response is an extension of some earlier comments that I made, but strong communication skills are developed through practice. Everyone is capable of developing these skills. It just requires engaging in conversation, even when it's uncomfortable, listening to understand versus responding, remaining curious and asking questions. This is contrary to social media, where many of us get caught documenting our first reaction and sometimes it's to our detriment. The other thing is the reliance on emojis, I'm guilty here, and memes to communicate while fun are the equivalent of communication candy because you're not using your words. You're not using nuance and nuance is necessary for understanding people and understanding the differences. Not everything is binary. The other concern is the over-reliance on chat GPT and AI to write w- will only further the gap between those who communicate well and those who don't. And writing is necessary for good communication because it allows you to sort, organize, and refine your thoughts. And if you look back in history, there has been a tendency to reserve education for the elite, to only allow people of a certain class to be able to read and write. I mean, we've seen that still within the past 200 years and maybe less. So for us now to use tools to make it easier, my concern is that we don't allow the convenience to become a crutch, which then, Hofi's our ability to write and to communicate because being able to communicate well is power because it's through communication which you are able to influence other people and influence ideas, influence culture, and influence policy. So really want to encourage you that And writing was not my favorite in school at all. Um, I tried all the tricks in the book to try to make my essays meet the requirements, Um, but as I've grown, I've realized the importance of it, and so I want to pass that along to you. The next excerpt is, they are typically the employees who remember and plan in-office birthday celebrations. They can recount personal details about you, like your kids' names and ages, or your favorite sports team. They're not shy in doling out compliments and words of affirmation to their peers and are the ones who will rally everyone in times of adversity. Again, this excerpt is describing the personality higher. So my response to this is the details described in that excerpt are part of any healthy, caring relationship. Like if you care about somebody, You're going to remember those things or you're going to write them down to remember or they'll come up in conversation so much that you'll remember those. And so that's part of developing relationship skills and emotional intelligence. So as a leader, again, you can do your part through emphasizing these and strengthening them through one-on-one or team coaching. And again, assigning emotional support to one person makes them the crutch and it doesn't allow others to develop the skills necessary for career growth and personal development. We are humans, we're not robots and connecting with other people is important. And remembering the things that are important to somebody else is makes them feel seen, heard and appreciated. So I would encourage you to do that of others, but also to encourage everyone to take on that role and share it. The last excerpt is people prefer to do business with professionals they trust and like. The personality will bring referrals to the organization. So my question for that is why is this assigned to a personality versus it being a skill developed across the business? If you want it assigned to a personality, then just hire brand ambassadors. But if you want a competitive edge, then your entire team should develop these skills. And anybody who has been in sales knows the value of building a relationship with people where they trust you and they like you because you're being of service to them and helping them find a solution instead of just selling them a product to get a transaction. So again, it's building relationships. So in conclusion, leaders, I encourage you to be proactive in cultivating a healthy and thriving team culture. It requires effort like anything else worthwhile, but when you take on an active role, it's so much better than having to be reactive, especially in today's climate where things change so quickly. I'm curious. What are your thoughts on a personality hire? Is it poor framing? Is it part of a larger cultural issue? If you're listening to this on Spotify, respond to the question prompt. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lead with Excellence. For additional resources, visit theceoffice.co. That is T-H-E-C-E-O-F-F-I-C-E dot C O. Enjoy the podcast, share it with a friend, and or leave a review sharing what you enjoyed most and why someone else should listen to it. Let's go lead with excellence.